Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist for me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. A little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, Noel, first off, I wanted to mention something we're really excited about. So Empire Media has partnered up with WTOP. Obviously, you know, we've been listening to that since we've been born you know always in mom and gramps's car and everything so. absolutely it's so awesome it's weird it really yeah. is it's really weird <laughs> so uh wtop has made a podcast app and it's called podcast dc obviously you can find our show on there as well this app has hundreds of options in local news health and of course the dmv region download the podcast dc app to hear all vampire shows of course as well as other great content so it's just awesome because all the dc content is in one place. It's kind of hard to find it all in the Apple podcast and stuff like that, but it's all in one simple location. So we like that. Part of that DC family. Yeah, we're there. Moving up in the world, Noel, or at least in DC. <laughs> Anything's up from the bottom, man. Yeah, we're we're getting there. But um, also, if you haven't uh, done this yet, I'm sure you've heard the commercial on the last few episodes, but go to monkeyknifefight.com. Still love that name. It's so awesome. It never it's leaves so your, random. Your <laughs> it's so random, but you never forget it. No. Use our promo code BELTWAY and get $5 just for signing up. Also, something I, I didn't mention before, you get double your first deposit up to $100. That's your first deposit, though. Anything else, I think it's like 50 Basically, if you put $100 in, you'll get an extra $105 to use. So $205 total, if that makes sense. How much of that have you lost so far? Uh, 205 I believe. <laughs> no, I haven't done <laughs> Well, I know you lost one game. Yeah. Because I, we went on went into it together. Yeah. I put the five dollars and so did you on the more or less game on the Steph Curry versus Zion more or less thing. They said that Steph Curry would score above thirty five and a half or below. Right. And then Zion would score above twenty eight and a half or below. So I lost because I've had Curry and Zion. It was below. close, man. We were both oh, yeah, watching and we were texting each other. What Curry had thirty seven. So I had the yeah. over on that. And I had the under on uh, Zion. I mean, the Pelicans suck, but Zion still scores points. I just took a flyer at it and hoped that he would go under. And plus, for I, us to be different. I didn't think there'd be a chance in hell Zion was going to score more than 28 and a half points. I mean, Steph, yeah. I, was, I was a little bit, and of course, 37. So, you know. No. I, Born loser over I'm, here, Noel. I'm up one. <laughs> so that was fun. So it adds a little something to games you could give a shit about, right. you know? 
So tap the link on the page summary. It takes you directly to our link. We have a specific link now, Beltway Sports Bros link. Super easy. I don't even think you have to put Beltway in anymore. It really just takes you right to it. So please do that. Okay, so no top five this week because this is kind of a reaction show to the draft. This is a late one tonight for you, Noel. You oh, know? man. I'm, I'm on fumes <laughs> over here. Since I don't sleep, time doesn't matter to me. <laughs> right. But. So the first round just ended. We wanted to get into all that, of course. But starting things off... Big news before the draft started. So 2020 league MVP Aaron Rodgers apparently is demanding a trade uh, for a second time in a way. But if you remember, Matt LaFleur decided to kick a field goal at the end of that Bucks game in the playoffs and they eventually lost. Rodgers kind of hinting at a trade and we chalked that up as kind of frustration after a big loss. But it seems like it's getting worse. Also, back in 2020, the Packers picked Jordan Love in the first round of the draft. He didn't enjoy that very much. And now, apparently the 49ers offered their third overall pick, which they like traded you know, the sun and the moon for, for Aaron Rodgers, and they respectfully declined, which again, did not thrill Rodgers very much. So, you know, he wants to be in California next to Jeopardy and all that. Yeah, exactly. So. His girlfriend, <laughs> you know, is an actress and she's out in California. So he wanted to be in the sun. Shit, he's been in Wisconsin long enough. That gray state. <laughs> I think the uh, lakes are still frozen there <laughs> currently, so must be a blast. Well, I mean, I can tell you, he wanted to kick the door in on this draft, and that really sparked the whole thing. That's what really, I was like, holy shit. I said, you know, I don't think much is going to happen here because the Deshaun Watson thing is off the table, basically, because of all of that harassment shit and all that. So there's no nibbles so. there right now. And then all of a sudden, this Aaron Rodgers thing, I sent you that thing like, what, an hour before the draft started? I mean, Why he, wouldn't he do this? He obviously knew that he wanted to be traded. Yeah, because the contract negotiation stalled. That's what reignited this whole thing. And he said, you know what? Fuck it. You guys don't want to pay me what I want. You're grabbing this other quarterback. You're doing shitty calls in the playoffs. Yada, yada. And enough is enough. But he loves LaFleur. He said numerous times how much... Uh, you know, I I'm starting to think like everything in this league is so fucking copycat. And now Brady goes to the Bucks and he's revitalized there. And everybody's like, I can do it too. And it's starting to become like the NBA. You know, where guys just want to experiment. And he's 38 years old, maybe he's sick of being in the damn cold. I don't know what is, like I said. His he bones just, are getting brittle, though. They are. He, I mean, he's busted <laughs> his ass in Green Bay. I, and I think you're right. Part of it is, hey, you want to retire out to Florida or California, one of the two. You sure as hell don't want to retire in Wisconsin. I don't think anybody does. Yeah. But when you bring up the trade, Packers said there's a 0% right. chance they will trade him. So for the record, and you also mentioned the contract extension. Yeah, that he has not accepted it, of course. And maybe he was, you know, I guess $70 million a year, whatever they offered him, which, you know, I have no idea what they offered him. But I'm sure it's I'm sure it was it's competitive. Pretty petty. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. But for the record, Rodgers currently is owed a league-high $37 million in 2021 and then $39 million in 2022. Two years left on his contract, and 37 years old, will be 38. Yeah, by the time the season starts, is. Is wh yeah. whatever. So let me ask you this. With all that being said, <laughs> from a Washington perspective, would you trade for this guy? And, and if so, what would you offer? Well, now we're speaking hypotheticals on something. If it was going to happen, it would have happened already. I, I don't think – I'm sure there were calls made. I don't know if Washington was one of them, but yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I think that now that's postponed itself to the point that you're in a wait and see and they'll come back to the negotiating table and probably resolve this. I don't see him going anywhere. But yes, I would make the trade. 
Absolutely. I would bet the farm on that. Washington has pieces in place. Obviously, they have some holes that the draft needs to address. But this has taken you from a 500 football team to potentially we're pushing, you know, NFC championship talk yeah, here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think still a possibility if he really is serious here, and this isn't just strictly about the contract negotiations that he really wants out. I mean, they just drafted love, like I mentioned. So, so it's not like they don't have a quarterback ready to go. Just because they're not going to get a first round pick this year doesn't mean you can't give up three first round picks the next three years. This is in my opinion, if Rodgers was on this team, would be a Super Bowl contender. I'm not saying they'd win the Super Bowl, but they get pretty damn close. You know, absolutely. And- Confidence level in the entire team would go up. Offensive side of the ball has a voice, which it's not McLaurin, who's just a kid still, right? You know, and it just automatically gives you credibility on that side of the ball. They already have it in in spades on the other side of the ball. On the offensive side, they are still Fitzpatrick, yes, can fit that mold. But his credibility is he's been there, done that, journeyman, knows the business. Right. Aaron Rodgers is a whole different echelon of I'm the shit. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and playing with these young players that he would have potentially on Washington, it's not like he's something he's not used to in Green Bay. That's all they have. It's not like they ever get high-priced free agents that come in to help him out. And eventually, like we talked about, you got to pay this D-line. You know, uh, it's already coming up with a couple of the guys that are there. They just gave Deron Payne a fifth-year option. So these contracts are coming up here. And you do, in my opinion, whatever you have to do to get this guy. Sure. I'm saying three first-round picks plus. You're going to probably get legitimately, with the way things are going, three to four MVP caliber years out of him. Possibly he'd be 42. I mean, but he hasn't dropped off at all. His arm's still a rocket. He still runs. He still has yeah, speed. He's still, he's still got all the goods. Yeah. And he's still got the swag. He hasn't lost any confidence, that's for sure. And I can tell you one thing that it did do, if it doesn't pan out, it made this draft when it started a hell of a lot more interesting. Because at the end of the day, the draft is the draft. You wait to see what happens, if there's going to be any trades. And that definitely was as things started to tick. You're saying, okay, there's a team with a quarterback need. Mm -hmm. Are they going to do it? Is there a team with a quarterback need or is there going to do it? Okay, Washington's close. What are they going to do? Are they waiting on Fields? Are they waiting on uh, Mac Jones? Are they going to make that push? And all of a sudden you see trade and then Green Bay appears. (laughs) How beast, you know, as soon as that would have happened, you would have known. You're like, holy shit. And like Rappaport comes on rap sheet. (laughs) You know, like a minute before it starts, the Washington Redskins have traded for Aaron Rodgers. The Washington for who? Such and s- oh, the Washington <laughs> Force. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not familiar with that too. But yeah, it didn't happen. And again, I doubt that they were negotiating a contract till this morning. And he, they just threw the contract at him the day of the draft. Do this like a week ago. Give people some time to start throwing some trade demands at you. Yeah, it was way too. It was way. It was too, too little, soon. too late. You know, and yeah. what do you expect them to just trade you today? I mean, of course not. That's that's ridiculous. But I still think it's on the table if a team well, comes we'll out. We'll see. Hey, I'm game. But unfortunately, at this point, it didn't happen in this first round. So they're going to have to start taking stuff for the future. 
Sick of competing against thousands of professional bettors with algorithms? What about spending all day analyzing salary caps and lineups using other daily fantasy sites? Then you should try Monkey Knife Fight. Amazing name, by the way. I've used most, if not all the other sites, and trust me, I just stop because I don't have time to put all that work in. MKF is easy to play. MKF offers all of the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR. You can pretty much bet on anything your little heart desires. MKF offers fun contests that are super easy to play. For example, there's a game called More or Less. Simply pick more or less on different player props. Think Patrick Mahomes. Will he go over his 288 and a half yard number? Select more. Think Lamar Jackson. Will he stay under his 212 and a half yard number? Select less. Get both right and win. Simple, right? We're getting old. The less we have to think about, the better. I've been using this site personally for the last few months, and it's so user-friendly. And honestly, it's made me actually care about what happened in, for example, the Rockets Magic game the other night. Quite possibly the least interesting game in the NBA this year. So go to monkeyknifefight.com and use our promo code BELTWAY, and you get a free $5 game just for signing up. No strings attached, I promise. You also get a first-time depositor bonus, which they cover 100%. Deposit $10, you get $10 free. Deposit $100, you get $100 free. This offer is not going to last long, so tap the link in the episode description and sign up. Again, using our promo code BELTWAY. So easy, even a drunk monkey could do it. Empire. So, moving on to the draft. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. What the fuck was with that stupid chair? It was an homage to last year, Noel. I get it. What is it, his fucking throne? Like, hey, commoners, you may sit for a couple of minutes in my throne. Like, fuck you, asshole. Sitting in that dirty-ass fucking leather chair. And these people going up there, my God. Yeah, they were... uh Holy shit. Some of these losers that were sitting in that thing? They had some monsters in there. Some I don't know how some of them even fit in that lovely chair there. But. Did you see that Denver Broncos dude? It wasn't like the barrel guy, because I think he's dead. But it was like... <laughs> The new one, like uh, Barrel Guy 2.0, and he's sitting in the, <laughs> the fucking... The Yeah, like the new one. And what the yeah. fuck? And, and, and a couple of them tried to go over by the podium near him, and he's like, commoner, you're lucky you're up here. Yeah. Like, you could tell him doing, like, eye glances over, like, all right, you're getting a little close now. And you could hear him, like, going off of the script, like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. Know. Oh, you're... <laughs> You excited? Oh, well, but why the hell does the NFL feel just like the NBA draft feel obligated to all of these like, oh, we're doing this for yes, uh, we're such a we're, charitable uh, league. You know, we're t- constantly tooting their own horn. You see how woke we are and you yeah. see how um, we have our hands dirty just with you because we're with the people like shut up. It's all a self-promotion and they bring these people up. It, I mean, the fans to do the picks. Oh my God, that one, the Cowboys lady? Oh my God. She had like the full leather cowboy garb on. (laughs) I know. She was a mental health counselor. Well, I don't want to be counseled by you, sweetheart. (laughs) I mean, she was a complete nut job. Yeah. She was screeching. Even Goodell looked over, like, all right, you good? She was jumping around. I was like, I thought she was going to knock over the podium. Right. Why are you bringing these people up or at least prep them? Look, this is a PR move. Okay. Yeah. We don't want you up we here. We really don't want you here. <laughs> We're doing this to get a little bit of PR. So come out, do your little shit with the fucking thing in your hand, and get the hell off my stage. Right. But these people are going up there fanatical. They're just excited. Everybody's fully vaccinated, Noel. Yes. You know, yes. so it's, we're just living the life now. I mean, they were blasting fun music throughout the whole thing. Oh people- my God. Did you hear the song at the end? 
Fat uh, Bottom Girls? Oh, yes, I did. Like, really? That's the song you put on? There were a few of them there, I would say. You know. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, there was a few of them that sat in that chair. That's for <laughs> damn sure. Okay, so let me get this straight. You've had harassment suits from Washington and this and that. You thought to cap off the draft as your final song. Fat you should put on girl. Fat Bottom Girls. <laughs> really? Make the rocket rocket world. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, I, I was listening. I hear Jeremiah like finishing off and saying, you know, what he thought about the draft. I'm like, is that Fat Bottom Girls in the background? <laughs> really? That's what you guys are doing? I was actually prepping for the show and I and I heard in the background. I was like, yeah, they're, they're playing that. I wasn't fully paying attention, but yeah, it was. I thought it was a little odd myself. It is. I mean, so you're doing all this PR stuff the entire show. We're vaccinated. Everybody's vaccinated here. You see? All the fans are vaccinated. Oh, my God. You know, I thought they were going to... You text me, say, where's your vaccination pins? I <laughs> yeah, thought we can't really have a discussion with that. <laughs> Yeah, Noel, are you vaccinated for this show? But did you notice that Roger Goodell had the sticker, the big sticker on his, yeah. on his coat? Yeah. And I was kidding at first, but then I realized that he actually did have it. He did. And I love how on NFL Network, we were both watching that one. You talked me out of watching the ABC version, but oh, you know. Oh, God, watching those fools on there. <laughs> Well, Jesus. at least Trey Wingo wasn't on it. Yeah, it was Desmond a good Howard's trip. got a lot of credibility. One of the biggest all-time Washington busts of all time. Fuck him. Right. Well, regardless of all that, he is a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> good for him. A Super Bowl MVP. MVP, yes, that is correct. What was I saying, though? The desk at NFL Network, they're all six feet apart. But then you go down and, and see like them. Roaches. It looks like a damn mosh pit down there. <laughs> Because they're not, they don't, ha they're not wearing masks, so they have to be distanced, Matt. Right, of course. But were they vaccinated? I didn't see anything. Was that a fully vaccinated studio that they were yes, there? Or desk? Yes, it was. Like the fully vaccinated war rooms that Did they, they had? Did they wipe down that chair every time somebody's fat ass got in that thing? I have no doubt. I was actually going to mention that. Th there was a guy that had no shirt on that was laying it lathered up in that thing. He was doing a dance. Well, COVID or no COVID, I think he should have wiped yeah, that down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, shit, if they can do it at a gym, I guess they can do it at Goodell's fucking chair. <laughs> Did they do it like a gym? Like they gave him a spray bottle and they were like, all right, get to work. <laughs> what a dumb idea. Do you think that was actually his chair? No, no. He would never allow those uh, peons to sit in his real chair. So it's like the fake dinosaur bones that they put out on display. They're There's not gonna probably pleather, more than likely. It probably was. He's like, yeah, right. I'm not letting these fucking losers sit in my real chair. They probably burned it afterwards. <laughs> but <laughs> There was some also some crazy shit. The funniest part for me, and the most entertaining part of it, beyond the idiocy and dancing of like we get it you're from new orleans so we dance yeah that's all we do we drink and we dance we're on bourbon street we just party like, with our umbrellas like, shut the fuck up my god we get it like we just pure it. stereotypes of yeah, those yeah. areas right how did you get picked for that to be one of the super fans or whatever you that's had what to I have like an it. umbrella matt oh and you oh, had obviously. to be able to dance and you have beads on <laughs> Yeah, that's just all the old people from New Orleans do all day long. They go into office buildings for work yeah. and they just have a, an umbrella walking in with beats. Jazz playing all the time. <laughs> that's jazz it. Man. <laughs> but that trade? Yeah. The Eagles till the end. It's so great. <laughs> Fuck over the Giants. It was so good. I loved it. So. Yep. Okay. So the most uh, entertaining part for me was, you know, the Eagles fucking over the Giants one last time. Everybody remembers the controversy. They lost the game to uh, the Giants to get the higher pick. So they got the sixth pick in the draft. So they end up trading back to 12 and the Giants are at 10. 
The Eagles trade back to 12. So now the Giants at 10. Okay, great. We're higher than the Eagles now. (laughs) Everything's right in the world. No, no, no. The Eagles trade with the Cowboys, of all people, to move up to 10 and hop them to get uh, Devontae Smith, the wide receiver that the Giants wanted. You know that they wanted him. You know that they did. And what a hell of a receiver, too. And that was just the last nail in the coffin on that Eagles-Giants controversy. It was so good. And it was with the trade with the Cowboys, too, which made it even better. Yeah, fuck the Giants. I'll never forgive the Morris for what they did to us, you know, during the uh, the whole mess with the salary cap, the unsalary capped year. But then yeah, we, yeah, yeah. you know, fuck them, scumbags. Anything bad that happens? Oh to them, no, I'm absolutely. Good. I think it's great. I mean, yeah. I hate the Eagles beyond all, but I just think it's awesome the uh, the shit that they've been doing with the Giants lately. Just to finish it off with that. It's a shame the Eagles got Smith though. Gonna have to deal with that now. So what else we got? We got the first three picks. Everybody knew was going to be quarterbacks. It was just a sure. matter of who. You had obviously Lawrence, um, and then the second pick was. Um, Zach Wilson. Yeah, and then it was Mormon boy. You want to talk about a fucking fish out of water. Oh, my God. That guy going to the Jets. He's like, it's the only place I wanted to. We're winning the Super Bowl. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a what a fucking dork. (laughs) Such a nerd. (laughs) Oh, my God. Born and raised in Utah. Even even Melissa Stark had to comment on it. She was like, born and raised in Utah, but you're going to New York. How are you feeling about that? Well, um, you know, (laughs) hey, always wanted to go to Times Square. You know, it's (laughs) never been (laughs) meant to be. My question is, is he allowed to play on Sundays? That's a great question. Well, if Mormon Jesus allows it, well, you know, I guess it's okay. I mean, in the tournament, if BYU goes into the tournament, they were going to rearrange shit so they didn't play on Sundays there. Mormons take that shit serious, man. Not doing anything on Sundays. Well, I'm sure other BYU players have been drafted, but he's the, you know, I have a level. Mormon, come to find out, I have a Mormon kid on my soccer team. Oh, we yeah. had to reschedule our game. Where our games are usually on Fridays, right? Mm-hmm. And we had to reschedule our game to a Sunday because there was a scheduling conflict. His mom emails me and says, for religious reasons, he can't play. Well, he's my best damn player. He's my center midfielder. I'm like, shit, what the hell do I do now? Can he? God can give me one. right so they take it seriously yeah his dad went to byu that's how i found out well when you get paid millions of dollars i guess going to heaven and hell doesn't really matter no this is true money cancels out god it does it's a good balance so he's gonna have an eternity in the flames of hell but you know as long as his current life works out for him it's all that matter (laughs) and then what trey lance went third surprise well, yeah, it everybody kept saying was. San Francisco was going to get Mac Jones. They traded up specifically for him. Specifically for that, yeah. right. And then they they started looking deeper, and apparently Trey Lance is their guy. And I think, honestly, the way this team is set up, I think that makes more sense for them anyway. But, um, hey, we knew three were going to go at that point. And then Mac Jones ends up going, and we're like, and I remember we're texting. We're like, all right, Fields is still on the board. Mac Jones is still on the board. All right, mm. this is possible here. This is possible, and then Bears trade up the, the to get Chicago field. trades. Yeah, trades always up. trying those Bears. You know, I feel like they're always trading up in the first round. You know, they're always trying something, and it just never seems well, to work. Well, I can out. tell you, they needed a quarterback. Oh, yeah. They needed a quarterback worse than Washington does. Yes, agreed. So that was a great move by them. They jumped up. They got the guy that they wanted, and Mac Jones is sitting there waiting on whoever the hell is going to do it, and he goes to New England. And I can tell you this. It was a 50-50 chance I thought he was going to go to New England, and I was a little disappointed. Not saying that Washington was going to necessarily take him, but I at least wanted the option there, yes. right? 
I think they would have taken. But then he gets picked, and I see this fucker walking <laughs> down like the hallway. I'm telling you, man, he looked like he had transitioned from a woman to a man. I've, or was he transitioning? This guy has to a- better woman hips than my wife does. <laughs> And it's how he walks, like that slithery walk. That slithery. He had the hips. He had the hips swaying, yeah. and he was walking. He had that pace to him. He either a was transitioned or b had gastro bypass <laughs> surgery, and like that's where it stayed. Because I go on a woman, it stays in the hips, right? right? Of course. So I was like, all right, I'm good. After I saw that, I'm like, I was not disappointed at all. Well, you know, he's woke. I guess, right? <laughs> how could you be woke in Alabama? I don't know, but I guess he figured it I out. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's I mean, there's something going on there. But he, there's something. That it, it, he's a man. fucking dork. What's with these Ooh. dork quarterbacks? I mean, I'm sure he got fucking orgies every night of his life in Alabama, but I don't think he enjoyed it personally. You know? Yeah. I mean, he did it just to be part of it. Yeah. Do you think this is a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah, just like Zach Wilson. I mean, you know, he hasn't done shit. Oh, of course not. So he's going to go into New York, right? <laughs> and he's going to go out with like the rookies. Hey, guys, um, don't you think we should make it back? Because usually what in fucking Salt Lake probably thinks shut down at 8 p.m. <laughs> they're, they're, they're out at 1. And he's like, um, I'm usually uh, this is a little late here, guys. I, <laughs> I'm usually up by now. <laughs> should we head back? <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm Byron Kerr, your host for the Curly W Podcast. Join me on the Curly W for the very latest on the Washington Nationals. We'll give you an inside look as to what's happening with the Nats right now and give you also a chance to visit with Nats players and coaches, present and past, to tell you what it's like and what they hope to accomplish with the Nationals. From Fredericksburg to Nats Park, West Palm Beach to Rochester, Wilmington to Harrisburg, it's all Nats baseball. Subscribe to Curly W wherever you get your podcasts. Another great show from Empire Media. Hello, it's Tyler Roman, former NFL scout and host of the Roman on the League podcast. Every week, I update my mock draft that not only looks at the best players available, but the needs for all first-round teams. The draft board keeps changing with all the movement this year, so tune into my show, Roman Around the League. That's R-O-M-A-N Around the League podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and check out all of the great shows from Empire Media. Empire. You want to talk about uh, Washington's pick? So even though there was a shitstorm of rumors about trading up, and of course, Washington State put at 19, as expected. So your Washington football team selected Jamin Davis, redshirt junior, linebacker out of Kentucky. So a couple measurables I wanted to get through here, which is pretty impressive. Davis is 6'3 and a half, 234 pounds, ran a 43740. His vertical jump is 42 inches. Last year, Kentucky had 102 total tackles. Sack and a half, three picks, one to the house. PFF gave him an 81.6 overall score. He's quite the athletic freak. And I wanted to give Todd McShay's evaluation on Davis. He said, quote, he does a really good job of getting through blocks. He's got a great short area quickness and suddenness. I love watching him because he reads the play so quickly, especially on run plays and just shoots the gap. He's not great in coverage, but he can cover. To me, his ability to defend the run and then be able to cover, he's a complete guy. You saw in the pro day workout, his numbers were outstanding. He's such a good tackler in space as well. I can't say enough good things about him. There you go. So well, that's strange because everything that I've seen and after they had taken him, I watched some extensive film and one of the primary things that they were high on was the fact that he could cover anybody. Right. So that's very strange that he says he can't cover because 
everybody said that that's his main attribute right now because he's so still raw. And he did a really good job covering Kyle Pitts when they played Florida. Well, yeah, so. no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, know. they put him on every tight end. They put him on running backs. I thought that was odd, too. That was odd. So, sorry, McShay. I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. As far as that, I'm glad you like the guy. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I was a little confused because I thought they were going to take Awasu Koromoa right. out of Notre Dame because you know what you're going to get. And he's the prototypical middle linebacker guy that they want that you would think that Del Rio and Rivera would jump at. Right. But apparently not. This guy has... I guess what they're looking for as far as upside, they have no linebackers. They couldn't cover you, Matt. So at this point in time, Debatable. I think to start, what it looks like to me is Davis is probably going to be the, based on his coverage ability, is going to probably be the third down linebacker. They still have Holcomb, something well, like that. And pick, then uh, Pierre-Louis spot, which is, you know, I would think outside linebackers, they, they don't have anybody with speed like him. But what I'm saying is initially they have guys, if this guy's raw still, if he's not ready yet, I think what their primary thing is going to be is to play him in coverage. Yeah, I would Because agree. he has the speed, the size, and everything else. And then as he develops, then they can put him in as a full-time guy. But he's definitely, at some point, if they develop him correctly, which I have faith in Rivera and Del Rio, they will. He'll be the full-time guy playing three down, no doubt. Yeah, you know, like I was saying with McShay, really likes him, of course. Kuyper and all the top mock draft guys had Davis sitting somewhere around 26 to 30, so they're considering it a bit of a stretch. But like you said, I trust Rivera and Herney, for that matter, their evaluation at linebacker, probably more than any other position. I mean, Rivera was a linebacker with the Bears, you know. Del Rio was a linebacker. I mean, no. Del Rio was a linebacker. That's why I'm not... Like, it's a little bit of a random pick. It's a little bit mm-hmm. of a reach. But when it comes to the guys in the room... Now, if this were offensive guys that decided to pick them, if it was Jay Gruden that was still the coach, for example, and they decided to go with this guy, I'd probably be scratching my head a little bit more. But these guys have forgotten more about the linebacker position than most people would know in their lives. Right. So, for that purpose... I'm going to have faith in the situation based on what he did with Carolina with linebackers and everything else. If they think it's a good fit, who am I to say that it's not going to be? Yeah, and Rivera and Herney, I mean, they, their only first-round picks they drafted linebackers were Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, and Shaq Thompson. Pretty good lineup there. I guess my only concern, you talked about this, but you know he's only started one year at Kentucky, which... It's kind of surprising. If you think of the guy's like a complete athletic freak, he's got to be on the field from day one. He was even redshirted. That's a little bit of a concern because his first two years, he was basically just a special teamer right. and barely played at all. Last year was the only year that he started. Is it like Latimer from the program? Remember that guy, the white dude? Oh, the roided out. Yeah, the yeah, roided they, out. And all of a sudden, he just came out of nowhere. It was like the beast D-end. <laughs> like, what happened like, to you in the offseason? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, Kentucky's had a pretty good defense, especially last year. They were pretty good. And playing in the SEC, there's no picnic from an offensive standpoint when you're playing those guys. But I would think with all the measurables and everything that he has, he wouldn't be able to keep the guy off the field. But two whole years of eligibility, he's barely plays that's I don't know it's a little concerning to me no I I, yeah I totally agree with you I totally agree but if they can do that with quarterbacks they can sure as hell do that with linebackers because most of these quarterbacks ain't played shit at least he played in the SEC look at Lance this guy's played 300 fucking snaps in his career at North Dakota State if you think you're taking that's just a total risk in itself taking him number three overall that's what I'm saying so people are willing to take a flyer on that I'll be willing to take a flyer on an athletic linebacker that 
again, he has two guys that played great careers at the position. But it is yeah. a little concerning. I, I totally agree. But coming into this culture, I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. And if he doesn't pan out, it's on Rivera because you know this was his pick. Yeah, and with their experience with drafting linebackers and, and just their first round picks overall, they're pretty much like all, all pros or Hall of Famers. I'm sure that they'll just forget everything when they come to Washington, you know, but I think probably he would have lasted until the second round. And I hope at least they tried to trade back because yeah. I don't think that he was the next guy. And I, I don't doubt that they did. From what I gathered from watching the draft and everything else, he was the biggest reach yeah. Besides uh, Leatherwood. Yeah, Leatherwood. From yeah. the Raiders, where Jeremiah looked at the TV like a deer in headlights when the Raiders took him. And he didn't want to talk shit because uh, his boy was the one that picked him. Yeah, he was like Mike Mayock's understudy right. or so something. So they're looking so at each he, other. God forbid. Yeah, he, him, and, him and Rich, like, <laughs> Daniel, you, you look like you've seen a ghost. Rich is like, look at him like, <laughs> and then he's like, well, if you get your guy, it doesn't really matter when you pick him. If he's your guy, he's your guy. And then he kind of turns yeah, sure. it around. He's like, he had Leatherwood on like a third round grade. Like, all right, yeah, Mayock, doing do some what weird you do. Shit, man. Yeah, Raiders do some weird shit. They have been right, though, a couple times, too, though, with, with those stretch picks. But, but it's that's know. not the only thing when it comes to the draft. It's all about managing when you take them, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, you could get it right, but you could have gotten it right in two rounds and then gotten another guy right. Or try so, to trade back. Or try to trade back. Like, if Washington could have potentially trade back to the bottom of the first and gotten this guy, you would have probably gotten an additional third or even maybe an additional second. Absolutely. So, what are we talking about? That's where it comes in. Yeah, good. Hey, if he becomes an all-pro, it's all forgotten, right? But also, you maybe you could have gotten an all-pro in the second round when you traded back. But everybody always says that, but you have to have somebody who also wants to trade up. Absolutely, yeah. I have no doubt that every team tries to trade back when their guy isn't there. Or when, when they feel like, okay, we want this guy, but we know he's going to last. Of course, they're going to give it a shot, but Well, I out. mean, the Giants found a trading partner in Chicago. No, they did, but that was early on. I mean, I think yeah. it's a little bit different in that situation, and they wanted a quarterback. Right. Quarterbacks, teams do whatever the fuck they have to do to get. No, you're you know? absolutely right. Well, hey, we don't know yet. This is one of those that he's an athletic freak that can do a lot of things. They say he's raw. They say they just need to hone his skills down and narrow things down. I think just keep it simple with the guy initially and go from there and hope that it works out. But good job, Washington. <laughs> well, we know we got a quality special teamer out of this, if nothing At least. else. <laughs> yeah. God, that would be that'd be rough. But I have faith in them. So let's move on to the second day of the draft, which uh, obviously the first round is now over. It's moving day, Matt. It's moving That's what day. They call, yeah, the second is day is moving day. Yeah, like at the Masters Saturday. Mm -hmm. Saturday's moving day. Friday's second, third round, man. This is the big time. Everybody says it's like the sixth, seventh. Yeah, you could find some diamond in the rough. But second round and third round is where you find guys that make serious, immediate impact as well. Sometimes just as much as the first. And Washington sucks at them. Well, third's been good. Third's been good. Second, second whole nother conversation. Yeah. Let's hope we change that whole routine there but the third round McLaurin and Gibson the last two years you can't get yeah. much better than that no, so you can't. but again they have a different front office so we wanted to kind of go over some guys look we're not doing the top five and I'm sure some of you are disappointed in that but think of this more as like a top three because we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go over the top three needs and the best remaining guys that are on the board so we're basically right. gonna play war room for a minute and say hey this is what we need 
Because now when the draft starts to go on, yes, you go with best guy on the board, but also you kind of try to balance that out with needs. So what we're going to do is kind of go over some needs of the best remaining players that are on the board after the first round. And there are some surprising guys that are still left Absolutely. on the board. And I think a lot of that has to do with the five quarterbacks Absolutely. that were taken. And to be expected, you're going to push some good players when you have five quarterbacks, which does not happen very often. So Washington has the 51st pick in the second round and also the 74th and 92nd in the third round, thanks to the Trent Williams trade. With linebacker out of the way, which I think we both agreed was their number one need. I would say linebacker and probably most glaring need after that and most important position would be tackle. Right, but I'm saying in Rivera and, sure, and sure. Del Rio's defense, Agreed. linebackers everything. Agreed. And we saw last year when you don't have a good linebacking core, you can get run over. Yep. It doesn't matter what your D-line is. So hopefully this Mr. Davis will help that situation out, and then hopefully they get a couple more. But the first one we're going to go with is left tackle. We talked about this before. There were four tackles taken off the board in the first round. And honestly, I thought Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech was probably going to be the 19th overall pick. Completely agree with you. That was, And that's what I was about to say, Matt. I was like, all right, we're going Derisaw here, or we're going with the linebacker out of Notre Dame. One of the two, and Darisaw should be the guy because he is, at that point in time, this is kind of a tackle-thin draft. There's some guys that, okay, they're good in college at tackle, but they might play guard shit. Yeah. This guy was plug-and-play done, Mm -hmm. and I thought that's for sure. I totally agree with you there. So... Maybe they like they think that they've got something in um, Sadiq Charles. Keep in mind, they did draft him in the third round last year, who was supposed to be like a first round pick because of character concerns or whatever. He dropped to the third. So there's him. But with left tackle, it would be nice to get a Trent Williams type, which you're probably not going to get in the second round. But my guy that I was looking at is uh, Walker Little from Stanford. He apparently had a lot of development in the in the last year in 2020. Him as a sophomore in 2018, he only allowed one pressure over his final seven games. He looked like shit, and then he took a huge jump, kind of like how Davis did last year. So that's a little concerning, but it's it's pretty thin, honestly, at the left tackle spot with those four taken, and that's why I'm pretty disappointed that they didn't go with the Virginia Especially Tech Especially since only two linebackers were taken the entire first round. Right. You had Mika Parsons taken at linebacker, and, and then you had Davis. So, I mean, yeah. you could have gone, you could have waited on linebacker pretty good and then taken Darisaw. You're right. At, but here we are. So let's continue on with what we can do and not what we could have done. Yeah. No, the Walker Little pick, hey, he's from Stanford. He's got to be smart, right? Nothing else, yeah. Sometimes they're late bloomers out there. That mental game has to catch up with the body. Being an offensive tackle or offensive lineman in general, people don't really realize how smart you have to be to to play that position. And left tackle's tough. I mean, I think that he's got long arms. I think he could play the role. I just don't think at this point there's enough talent on the left tackle board to even really consider like moving up or anything. I mean, he was 26 on the PFF ranking board, which, you know, was higher than Davis was. No, I mean, hey, you take a flyer on a guy in the second or third round and hope that he pans out, I guess. But but yeah, you can't reach. We're just picking a position right now of need. So I'm going with Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State. This guy's a beast. Now, they're saying they can plug and play with this guy is from the things that I've seen and that some of the experts have talked about. And he has a high upside. Uh, a lot of the issues that he has is kind of like in the run blocking. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, but add more of that. <laughs> but wouldn't you rather have a guy that can pass block better than he can run block? Oh, absolutely. So what the fuck? So overall, he's the usual left tackle in college. Consistency issues. He's a little shorthanded, whatever it is. 
Otherwise, he would have been a first-round pick. But at least he has the size for it, and he's high on the PFF board as well. I had him ranked second as far as tackles that were remaining. And actually, I agree with you with the Walker Little thing. I had him on there as well. All right. Well, it's tough to evaluate the uh, lineman position as layman's, but you yeah. know, I think that those are, are the best available guys that we have, and one yeah, of those guys. Yeah, we're talking second. We're talking second or third round here. I mean, th- that one probably is more around the second, third round line. So the next in line for needs right now is free safety. I think we can all agree with that. Not a single safety was taken in the first round, surprisingly. So, Noel, what's yours? Um, I've got Richie Grant out of UCF, Central Florida. And I watch a lot of American football. You do? Yeah. Me too, actually. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. I know you do. And um, he's a beast. The guy flies around. The only kicker is he's just a little small. Got to put a little bit of meat on his bones. The guy's six feet, 197. So he's got to put a little meat, but great coverage. Ball hawk. Does it all. Does it all. He's not, and even though he's small, he's not afraid to get his nose in there. For a free safety, that's not that small, though. I mean, that's not like, if he adds like five pounds, I think it's okay. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, over over a period of time, as he grows into a complete adulthood, he's going to put on a little mass just by growing up. So for me to start at six feet, 197, just by eating freaking the way NFL guys do, he's going to put on 10 pounds. And being in the weight room. So I'm not really worried about it. I'm just saying if I had to knock a little bit on the guy, he's probably a little bit light. That's all. And as a single high safety, that type of guy, that's what this team needs, man. Fuck this safety in the box bullshit. They need a center fielder that can go fly around. And that's exactly what this guy does. He's fast as shit. He's been awesome the last two seasons. That defense was good. And he was an impactful part of the defense. It wasn't because he had a million guys surrounding him like Alabama. UCF right. just plays good ball. Yeah. You know, anything to get the possibility of Landon Collins playing out there, I'm all for. So with that being said, <laughs> well, yeah. and, and <laughs> this is surprising that he was not drafted. He was number 16 on PFF's board and higher on a lot of boards, honestly, was uh, Trayvon Merrig. You know, a lot of... Big I've dude. seen some. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, six two, two hundred two pounds. I mean, he's he's a big safety, and you know can add weight to that as well. But six two, so I saw a lot of mocks with him going to Washington at nineteen. Yeah, me too. So I, I think personally, you'd have to probably trade up a little bit higher in the second round to get him. Maybe give up one of your thirds. But if they like him a lot, my, I think that'd be a great pick. Now. I'm not sure why he wasn't drafted in the first round, but he led all safeties in the FBS with breakups in the last two seasons. He is a true free safety, yep. and that's what this team needs, like you said. He has exactly the size that you need for the position, the speed, the ball-hawking ability. They're talking about this guy being an immediate starter. And he would be on this team. I'm talking about just in general, if there's a team that needs yeah. a safety. You know, we're not talking about detrimental need like this team. Like You've got Apke. <laughs> I'm talking about just a team that would draft a safety that he's immediate plug-and-play guy. That he can yeah. go in there and he has all the attributes, just like Richie Grant does. The one thing I do like about Merrick a little bit more is obviously we talked about the size aspect. He's two inches taller. He's got some more. And you can see the look at the highlights of this guy. He's a big dude and he can get up. He can jump 50-50 balls. He's always there. Um, that would be a phenomenal pick. One of those two guys as their second round pick, I would be very happy. Because I think that's a glaring need. You know, we talked about tackle, but tackle, as we went over it, very thin. 
and yeah. you could be potentially reaching. I think when we were talking about tackle, that's probably more third round-ish. I would agree. But these two guys that we're talking about at the safety spot are definitely what we're looking for as far as probably second rounders. Yeah, and again, probably have to trade up to get him because he'd probably be the top five of the second round. Yeah. Hey, if they do like him, then they need to do it because that is a gaping hole right now. All right, so last one, tight end. And obviously, we've got our starter set there. And and the only actually other tight end that was picked in the first round was Kyle Pitts, obviously, fourth overall. But man, he is awesome. Yeah, he's... I mean, you want to talk about a guy that has... All the attributes. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Size, speed, blocking, blocking in college. Obviously, when they work on him in the NFL, he's going to have to do that on a more regular basis. But man, you see the highlights of this guy and you see him playing on the field. He is a man among boys. Yeah. I don't care, even if when he was playing fucking Alabama, where they're all men. <laughs> Most of the time, when you watch like an Alabama game, you look at the other teams. Sometimes, if it's like, if you play with like Alabama and you see him playing like fucking Mississippi State or some shit, right? You just see the disparity in size across the board. Yeah, the other team might have a couple big dudes, but man, across the freaking eleven across the field, you got to be like, holy shit! It's like you haven't gone through puberty yet. Well, hopefully he doesn't uh, have you know any interest in murdering people <laughs> like other certain Florida tight ends, <laughs> right? <laughs> But we digress. Uh, but Go ahead. Now, digress. Yeah. Washington obviously isn't going to get Pitts. So who are we going to, no, who are we going to get, Matt? So tight ends a little thin this year in the draft. But I, I think because it's the third need right now, and there's only, in my opinion, one guy that can do a little bit of everything. And that's what you need out of your second tight end. Not one of those Jordan Reed types, even though that would be great. But a guy that can block because he is going to be the second guy that can be on the field at the same time as a starting unit. So... Uh, mine is Pat Fryermuth. Penn State. Yep. He was Penn State's offense, their focal point. Oh, my God. Um, Absolutely. And then he went down with a shoulder injury, so I think that might be a reason why he dropped a little bit. But he had 310 yards in four games and uh, 23 catches. The guy's 6'5", 260 pounds. He is a massive human being. And if that guy can't block someone, I mean, he's basically like almost the size of they a They call tackle. him Baby yeah. Gronk. Yeah, he can do a little bit of everything. He's not dominant at everything, but shit, I take a flyer on him. I am a huge fan. When we were talking about this before, and we were kind of listing off some guys and we were texting each other, I've watched this guy since day one. Love him. I would be ecstatic if they got him. He has the full package. He's not a burner, but at 6'5", 250, what the hell do you want the guy to do? He's big. He posts guys up. He goes up and gets it. He's going to score you touchdowns. He's got great hands. He's got all the attributes of a tight end that you could possibly think of. Does he need to work on his blocking a little bit more and being dependable and run blocking? Yes. You're going to find that in every single college tight end. Even okay? Pitts. Exactly. So they just don't do it. If, and we've talked about this before. If that's their only thing, he has the size and it's just having to have to do it. So I am not worried about his run blocking at all. And I think he can be, we're talking about a backup tight end. He will be a starter in this league. I'm telling you that right now. But be a nice little tandem with him. Absolutely 100%. But with him, you have the ability to disguise runs and passing is my point. 
Logan Thomas, you know, if he's out yeah. there, most likely it's going to be a pass. They get better though. No, no, absolutely. And but that's the whole premise of things. That's why they're getting linebackers that are versatile, or whatever the case may be. They want three down guys. That's why they got rid of Peterson, for example, at running back because they didn't want that. Okay, definitely run here. So with a guy like Fryermuth, you're looking at a guy that can just do everything. I would be surprised if he didn't go in the second round unless he just shit the bed at his pro day. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, New England is obsessed with getting two tight ends. They just paid a shit ton of money. I mean, they by far have the most money invested in the tight end position. So that's a good model to follow there. And if this guy, if this guy comes out and you can have two tight ends on the field at the same time, both that are pretty good at blocking and you don't have any clue if you're going to be running or passing, you're already Plus ahead of the, the game. Plus the fact that they're in dire need of one. <laughs> oh, absolutely too. But but with mine, since you went with him, I oh, figured yes. if Yours, for some yes. reason he's not on the board, Brevin Jordan out of Miami, he's another big dude, 6'3", 247 is what they have, his measurables. And um, mm-hmm. this guy is fast, big, again, needs a little bit work, but overall... He has great route runner, does it all. And they were showing some statistics on him. He is a burner down the seam. 63% of his yards come after catch. He's not one of those tight ends that catches it and then is taken down or something so like that. So we should expect 28 concussions and an yeah, early yeah, retirement. Exactly. As long as you can get a few years out of him, right? All right. But yeah, I mean, so that tells us something in itself that 63% of his his yardage is coming after catch. He's going down the seam. He's catching balls. And Miami knows how to raise those tight ends, man. Well, they did in the 90s, at least. In the 90s, at least. At 2002. Yeah, so, 2000 yeah. is true. Yeah. I wouldn't be unhappy with him either. I think that would be a really good pick. As a replacement, if they can't get Fryermuth, then I'm totally good with Jordan. Yeah, just no uh, reaching for these guys just because of needs. you know. And I don't think that this front office is going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I am a little concerned about Davis that they did reach for him because they felt the need a linebacker. I hope they didn't, but they know linebackers. And this guy maybe will be a Hall of Famer because of their track record. But fuck, I don't know. Kind of makes me sad because they probably could have got him in the second round. Well, you know, at this point, it's it's just a wait and see. Uh, and this year we'll actually maybe get some preseason. So we'll be able maybe. to, to see the guy flying around with the second unit, probably to start out with and things like that. And we'll see what happens. That's why the draft happens, Matt. You have hopes and dreams and, and everything in between. For so many years, everybody that the Washington drafted, we've, we've had been so hopeful of, and, um, you know, the majority of them have not worked out. We looked at some old drafts like Jesus Christ, there's nobody left. Yeah. Last year was a good draft and. But it's a new regime. Well, if we they listen see. to us yeah, listen in to our us. round two and round three picks, then we should be fine. I know Rivera is a listener of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So he I knows. Mean. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? You got anything else? No, no. I think that's it. I'm excited. I'm tired. I'm excited for round two and round three uh, today. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. I was going to say, speaking of listening to our show, obviously the producers at Mortal Kombat listen to our show because they, they found out that we made fun of the get over here. <laughs> And so they changed into the real <laughs> they scorpion did. Get voice. over here. All of a sudden, I listened. I had to rewind it and, and say, oh, man. Well, you they, told me about it. I was. I didn't notice that I went back and watched. I was like, oh, yeah, they did yeah, change it. So somebody's See? listening to us out there. Yeah. Big Beltway Sports Bros fans. I've noticed some changes around things. I'm like, you know what? 
Before a year ago, before we started this show, that change wouldn't have happened. But since Beltway Sports Bros has been on, you damn right. We've got some influence now, Matt. Don't kid yourself. You know who does not listen to this show is J.P. Finley, because he's actually getting worse every day. I swear to God, I've never seen a human being say the dumbest shit just so consistently on Twitter, on his stupid... I mean, I don't listen to his radio show, but right. I'm going hard at J.P. these days, because he's getting worse and worse. I th- there's something wrong with that man. Anyway... <laughs> Well, Have a good day, sure. JP. <laughs> Enjoy your day, JP, because you got more coming. <laughs> yes, please make sure you keep tweeting after people tweet information about the team you're supposed to be covering. Great job. Right. It, it reminds me of like a person that um, just forwards an email at work. <laughs> right. Piggybacking off of what yeah, he just yeah. said. So, so yeah, just see below, like yeah. on the forward, like really? So you had no input on this at all. All you did was just copy and paste something. Yeah. Excellent. Where you're getting paid to do that. This guy. All right. Before we go, this guy literally wrote down when Eric Flowers got traded over, which we didn't talk about, but Eric Flowers got traded from the Dolphins and he wrote down on like a little piece of paper, the new offensive line. I saw that. It was like a child wrote it, and he took a picture of it and tweeted it. A folded up fucking piece of paper that had like a coffee ring on it. Yeah. This guy's supposed to be a professional reporter, and this guy takes a picture of a fucking piece of paper he took out of his back pocket and wrote like the depth chart of the offensive line on it in scribble. I couldn't even (laughs) read half of what the hell it was. Like he was putting out the U.S. Constitution or something. Like it was, of course, I, I couldn't contain myself, so I wrote to him. Oh, did you come up with that all by yourself or something like that? And like with like a, a slaw. He did come up with it by himself. He, did. he wrote it. The craziest part was that there was like 30 retweets from that fucking. And what is wrong with you? If you retweeted that, please stop listening to this show immediately. <laughs> There's something seriously wrong with people that they are. People are obsessed with this guy. And maybe we're on the, the side of like obsessed to hate him. But if you like him and think that he's good at his job, you need to get your head examined. Please. Yeah. It, Do us all a favor. It's all generic information. It's all the same old shit. It's all copy and paste. His entire career has been one big copy and paste. And that's yeah. all it's been. At least I guess I give him credit on this one. He definitely didn't copy and paste that because he wrote it on a fucking piece <laughs> of toilet paper. But so I'll give him credit there. But yeah, yeah, great job. You wrote the depth chart of the offensive line, inserting Eric Flowers into the left guard spot. Nicely. Excellent nice. Work. Nice job. Yeah. Great job, JP. Maybe that's what we should do. Just write stupid shit. Yeah. Put no thought in anything. Yeah. That's how you get popular in the D.C. area, apparently. Oh, stop. Just, We've got intelligent people in the Beltway area. Oh, I know. They're the ones that listen to us. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> right. definitely not the ones that listen to JP. Right. Anywho. Well, Let's, ending on a high note, that is I'm actually thought that I, I'd be a little bit more negative towards the pick, but I think that it's okay based on who we have as coaches, and I think he's going to be all right. How quickly he comes along remains to be seen, but ending on a high note, I don't think it was a horrible pick. It's a we'll see pick. In Ron, we trust, Noel. And Ron, we trust. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks again for listening. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the draft, and we will see you on Tuesday.